Section 8 of Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 14, February 3rd, 1880. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 14, February 3rd, 1880. A Wise Dog. Many anecdotes have been published respecting dogs, proving that, besides giving evidence of being endowed with certain moral qualities, they possess and exercise memory, reasoning powers and forethought. They can communicate with each other, form plans and act in concert. The subject, however, is by no means exhausted and dog stories almost always meet with a welcome reception, especially from juvenile readers. The following story gives an instance, in the first place, of two dogs combining to perform a certain action. In the second place, it shows that one of these dogs evidently understood from the conversation of his master and another man the consequences likely to result from this action, and that thereupon formed and carried out a plan to avoid them. A farmer who resided in a town on the borders of Dartmouth was the owner of a valuable sheepdog. So skilful was this dog in collecting and driving the sheep that he almost performed the part of a shepherd. If the farmer, on his return from market, wanted the sheep to be driven to the market, he only had to say, Keeper, take the sheep to the field, and the dog would collect the flock and drive them to the field without suffering a single one to stray. But the proverb, Evil communications corrupt good manners, is as applicable to dogs as to men keeper got acquainted with another dog which proved to be of disreputable character and like other disreputable characters had a habit of rambling about at night when the farmer was smoking his evening pipe by the kitchen fire and keeper was stretched along the hearth apparently asleep a low bark would be heard outside keeper would prick up his ears and when the door was opened would make his escape and join his companion and then away would go both dogs on a ramble this game was carried on for some little time. Keeper's bad habits were not suspected at home, as he did his duty by his master's sheep as faithfully as ever. In the meantime, it became known in the town that a few miles distant, many sheep had been worried by dogs. And yet the culprit, or culprits, had not been discovered. It may perhaps be as well to explain that by worrying sheep, is meant that they had been attacked by dogs, which seized the sheep by the throat, bite them and suck the blood, and then leave them to perish. In a single night one dog has been known to worry forty sheep. No wonder such animals are a terror to farmers. Besides, if a dog once takes to worrying sheep, he never leaves off the habit. One evening, as the farmer sat by his fire smoking and conversing with a neighbour, keeper, as usual, basking by the fire, and waiting the expected call of his dog companion, the conversation turned on the great number of sheep that had been lately worried and destroyed, and the loss that would ensue to the farmers. Well, said the neighbour, we caught one of them with his mouth and coat bloody, and we hanged him on the spot. They do say thy dog keeper was withen. It is too true he was there, replied the farmer, then looking at the apparently sleeping dog and shaking his head at him, he said, Thee knows thee has been withen, thy turn will come next, will hang thee up to-morrow. Keeper lay still, pretending sleep, but with his ears open, he had heard his death warrant and was determined that it should not be carried into execution if he could prevent it. When the outer door was opened, he slunk off quietly and was never seen again. 
what became of him was never known who will say after this that dogs do not understand the conversation of men especially when relates to worrying sheep and the punishment it entails on the guilty dogs a fox went out in a hungry plight a fox went out in a hungry plight and he begged of the moon to give him light for he'd many miles to trot that night before he could reach his den oh den oh den oh for he'd many miles to trot that night before he could reach his den he came at first to a farmer's yard where the ducks and the geese declared it hard that their nerves should be shaken and their rest be marred by the visit of mr fox oh fox oh fox oh that their nerves should be shaken and their rest be marred by the visit of mr fox oh he took the grey goose by the sleeve says he madam goose and by your leave i'll take you away without reprieve and carry you home to my den oh den oh den oh i'll take you away without reprieve and carry you home to my den oh he seized the black duck by the neck and swung her all across his back the black duck cried out quack 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 with her legs hanging dangling down oh down oh down oh the black duck cried out quack 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 with her legs hanging dangling down oh old mrs slipper slopper jumped out of bed and out of the window she poked her head john 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 the grey goose is gone and the fox is off to his den oh den oh den oh john 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 the grey goose is gone and the fox is off to his den oh then john he went up to the hill and he blew a blast both loud and shrill says the fox this is very pretty music still i'd rather be at my den oh den oh den oh says the fox this is very pretty music still i'd rather be at my den oh at last the fox got home to his den and his dear little foxes eight nine ten says he you're in luck here's a good fat duck with her legs hanging dangling down oh down oh down oh says he you're in luck here's a good fat duck with her legs hanging dangling down oh he then sat down with his hungry 
hungry wife They did very well without fork or knife They never ate a better goose in all their life And the little ones picked the bones Oh, bones, oh, bones, oh They never ate a better goose in all their life And the little ones picked the bones the Lesson of the Bath One of the most valuable discoveries made by Archimedes, the famous scholar of Syracuse in Sicily, relates to the weight of bodies immersed in water. Hiero, king of Syracuse, had given a lump of gold to be made into a crown, and when it came back he suspected that the workmen had kept back some of the gold, and had made up the weight by adding more than the right quantity of silver, but he had no means of proving this, because they had made it weigh as much as the gold which had been sent. Archimedes, puzzling over this problem, went to his bath. As he stepped in, he saw the water, which his body displaced, rise to a higher level in the bath, and to the astonishment of his servants, he sprang out of the water and ran home through the streets of Syracuse, almost naked, crying, Eureka! Eureka! I have found it! I have found it! What had he found? He had discovered that any solid body put into a vessel of water displaces the quantity of water equal to its own bulk, and therefore that equal weights of two substances, one light and bulky, and the other heavy and small, will displace different quantities of water. This discovery enabled him to solve his problem. He procured one lump of gold and another of silver, each weighing exactly the same as the crown. Of course, the lumps were not the same size, because silver is lighter than gold, so it takes more of it to make up the same weight. He first put the gold into a basin of water, and marked on the side of the vessel the height to which the water rose. Next, taking out the gold, he put in the silver, which, though it weighed the same, yet being larger, made the water rise higher, and this height he also marked. Lastly, he took out the silver and put in the crown. Now if the crown had been pure gold, the water would have risen up only to the mark of the gold, but it rose higher, and stood between the gold and silver marks, showing that silver had been mixed with it, to make it more bulky, and by calculating how much water was displaced, Archimedes could estimate roughly how much silver had been added. This was the first attempt to measure the specific gravity of different substances, that is, the weight of any particular substance compared to an equal bulk of some other substance taken as a standard. In weighing solids or liquids, water is the usual standard. End of section 8. Recording by Jordan Watts, Oxfordshire.